I took the lead. Where's a good station? Somebody's heart. Glorious. Glorious. Amen. Guardians of Grace. What's wrong? Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax. You have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us. Holding to pure grace. Again. Relax. Join in with us. Listen on. Be blessed. Fenders of Grace. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm looking across the table, and I do see guard dog Steve fresh out of the hospital, minus one appendix. Amen, brother. Went on the removing appendix diet, but it got her done. Everything's going well now. How are you feeling? Yeah, just fine. Just fine. Couldn't be any better. Glad to have it behind me. Didn't see it coming, and I'm so sorry, you guys, that I interrupted the flow of things. Uh, just didn't. Caught me off guard. And next thing I knew, I was out of commission and not doing my fair share of the podcast. So I really apologize for that because we had so much going on. The good things to tell you about. They stopped there for a few days. Good news is, is they're going to pick up right where they left off and we're going to still keep making progress. And we're still going to get this word of grace out to the masses which is what we want to do. We've got a small audience now, and we're grateful. But we need to reach the masses. By God's grace, we're going to. Well, thanks. You did get the podcast out last week. Yes, sir. A little late, but understandable. Yeah. Let's see, Steve. We did have some questions. We were going to go a different route. with Until the question came in. Yeah. We were going to categorize grace. Yeah, yeah. Who was that? Oh, I don't want to mispronounce his, his name. name. Great yeah. guy, man. Great guy, man. We love oh, his his Devon Church. He's from. Yeah, he's from Devon Church. I think it's Summit. Summit. Okay. Yes. Yeah, sorry Forgive for me. mispronouncing yeah. the name, but we love you, buddy. We did have a question about John, chapter twelve, verse thirty-five. It was basically explain this. Okay. That's the question. And I'm not sure what John 12:35 is. What what is it? What was the question? I'm going to just read 12:35. So Jesus said to them, "The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he was going. While you have the light, believe in the light." that you may become sons of light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Interesting, at yeah. the last of it, it says, walk while you have the light. Then it says, the light of the world says, he hides himself from them. Yeah. So yeah. he was serious about a little while. Yeah. What would the question have been? Explain this. <laughs> Just a, a blanket explanation of it. 
Just some well, packet. specifically, what is Children of Light? Ah, Children of Light. Okay, okay, because it does have a specific meaning. It really does, and it's good to have that specific mental picture in your mind when you're reading the passage. Yeah, and you really got to go back to John twelve twenty four and read down to Let, it to get. Matter of fact, matter of fact, let's do something like that because we always want to make sure we've got what we're talking about, the subject that we're talking about, in context. Well, this one can't be explained except in context. Right. So I'm going to start in 12.24. Okay, in context, in John 12.24, there's some Greeks going to the Passover festival, and they want to talk to Jesus, so they ask Philip and Andrew, and Jesus meets them and says this statement, series of statements, that we're going to try and unpack. Well, they're all extremely uh, difficult to understand. It takes a lot of learning to get a handle on everything Jesus says in this passage. It's Yeah, it's... Well, let me just read it. So, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Children, he who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there will my servant also be. If anyone serves me, Father will honor him. Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. There came therefore a voice out of heaven. I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. The multitude, therefore, who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered. Others were saying an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now... Verse 31, now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world shall be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. The multitude therefore answered him, We have heard out of the law the Christ is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus therefore said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light in order that you may become sons or children of the light. So go ahead and explain verse 36, Steve. We're going to have to get a handle on the lingo of Christ because his words mean have certain meanings that in the old covenant they didn't have. He brings out a new way of thinking and a new way of speaking. And when he's saying, I'm the light of the world, we've got to get a handle on what that means. Yeah, you know, he uses that word. 
let's go back to John 8 and look at that one first in context. Sure, sure. That's just one of many places. We That's look. just to get a foundation started. Just trying to understand Jesus's terms of art where he makes for the sake of the new covenant words that have certain meanings. Like if I said, for the sake of this contract, a pen is a writing instrument that writes with lead, you'd say, oh, that's a, that's a pencil. But for the sake of this contract, it's a pen. And Jesus does so many of those terms of art, it's hard to understand what he's saying unless you've learned them. And I did it in just 12 or 13 short years. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just a work kidding. in progress. Yeah. So let's go to John chapter 8. Of course, John chapter 8 is familiar to most people as the, the woman caught in adultery, the very act of adultery. And she was a woman dragged in front of Jesus by the Pharisees. Don't know how they found her, where they found her, but they grabbed this woman and said, told Jesus she was caught in the very act of adultery. And then said, Moses said we should stone such a woman, put her to death. They asked Jesus, what do you say? To see if he would contradict Moses. Jesus gave the most amazing answer. Yes, he did. He said, let whoever is without sin among you cast the first stone. So he didn't contradict Moses. Touche. Touche. And then it says, one by one, from the oldest to the youngest, they left. When there was no judgment, no condemnation in the atmosphere. Jesus said, is there anyone that condemns you? She said, no, master, there is none. Jesus said to this woman, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then immediately after that sentence, Jesus says this, I am the light of the world or cosmos, the world system. system. The one who keeps my sayings, follows my sayings, shall never walk in the darkness. It is the darkness, but shall have the light of life. So right away, Steve, we see that there is one darkness, the darkness, and one light, the light. The light of life shall have the light of life. Light and Jesus made it very clear I am the light of the world. Yes, He is. And I think we have to know what the the light of life is. We have to answer that question. There there you go with terms of art. There you go with Jesus's lingo that we have to learn. And I think it, it's a no-brainer to learn this one. A no-brainer means you don't have to use your brain or figure things out because it's written right on a scripture verse and you've got the verse to go to see it. You don't have to use your brain. It's a no-brainer. I feel very qualified to answer that then, Steve. Yes, yes. That's that's one of Steve's terms of art. A no-brainer <laughs> means a verse that you go to that has the answer. So... If you can, Bill, go to John chapter 1, and you can start wherever you want. I'll start in 3. Okay. Speaking of Jesus, all things came into being by him, 
and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. But there you go in verse 4. In him was life, and the life, the life, was the light of men. So it says, the life was the light of men. The life, which is none other than the life of Christ, is the light of men, which is the opposite of the darkness of men. In other words, in First John, it says, you know, if you don't love your brother, you're still walking in the darkness. That means you're walking in your human nature. Your human nature equals the darkness. But the light of men equals the Spirit of God in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Colossians 1.27. That's why in 2 Corinthians 4, it says... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Bill. The God who said, let light shine out of darkness has caused his light, which is Christ, to shine in our hearts, which are darkened, so that we would see the glory of God in the face of Christ. See, if you've seen the face of Christ, you've seen the face of God. And if Christ is shining through you, if he's a light in you, then he's manifesting himself through you and is the light of your life. The light of your life, the same thing he told the woman, well, told to everyone right after the woman who was about to be condemned by Moses was told by Jesus, you're not condemned. She was now walking in the light. Right. Of no condemnation. The light of no condemnation, which is yet even another subject and another way in which the word light is used. One of the many-sided wisdoms or the manifold wisdom about the word light. You have to understand all the many sides of wisdom before you can rightly divide the Because you can't walk in his life and walk in condemnation. No, you can't. You're walking in the darkness if you're walking in condemnation. That's where the weeping and gnashing of teeth is in your human nature, which amounts to nothing more than a self-preservative instinct. You need to walk in the light that of neither do I condemn you. Yes, and the light of Jesus, which is the very essence or life of Jesus, that is your light. And if you walk in that light, Jesus said in John 8, you'll never walk in darkness. Darkness. You can't live in both at the same time. No. The light of no condemnation is one side of wisdom about the word light. There's the idea that walking in the freedom from condemnation is walking in the light. The other aspect that we just looked at is Christ's life manifesting itself through you is the light manifesting itself through you. That's the light of the world or the light of men, as it said in John 1.6. And he's the one that, in John 1.9, that 
enlightens every man, it says. That's why he came into the world. Yes. To to be be the source of light. To bring this revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. To bring this revelation of no condemnation in Christ. That's why Jesus said a woman does not hide her lamp under the bed. Her lamp is the light. She takes her light out where it can light up the whole room and anybody who's in the room. Nobody will be walking in darkness if you bring Jesus out. And that's why Jesus says, walk in the light so that everybody will glorify God. In other words, manifest the spirit of Christ and then say, hey, it's not me looking so righteous. It's actually the life of Christ in me that you're seeing look so good look like a model Christian. It's the life of him in me that you're seeing look like a model Christian. And that's the life that is talking about in verse 25, with kind of that strange verse where it says, he who loves his life, it's literally his suke life. It is his suke life. Or darkened life mm-hmm. will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world shall guard his eternal life. Do you know it literally says that? Oh no, I did not know that. That it literally guards this... Guard dog Steve! (laughs) Yeah, buddy, I I dig what you're saying, man. We're the guardians of eternal life. Falasso. Oh wow, wow. It's to guard it, literally to guard it. Wow. When you have this light of life. Yes. Which is his life. Yes which is no condemnation. Right. And the life of God inside mm-hmm. of you, you guard it. Yes. But you don't guard your suke life. No, you're no. You're willing you, to lose it. Like it said, we put no confidence in the flesh in Philippians. We do not live by our human nature. We don't live the Christian life that way. So if you hate your human nature and put no confidence in it, then you are making the eternal life guard itself. You are. Yes. And Paul had a suke life that I might brag about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why God said, I am your shield and your reward, because he is the one who guards the zoe life. He's guarding it. Yes. So how do we get this life, Steve? We're going to look at verse 24 and then look at verse 31 because they hold the keys. That sounds good. That sounds good. And they're bizarre statements again. So we have to know the term of art. Yes. So verse 24, before we go to 31, I'm going to read it and I'll let you comment on it if you don't mind. Okay. Verse 24, unless truly, truly, double amen. The double amen. That means this is a fact, buddy. I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. All right, I'm going to let you comment on verse 24, then I'll go to verse 31. All right. In verse 24, Jesus is using only Jesus' lingo again. And he says, unless a kernel of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it only bears 
what a kernel of wheat, the fruit that a kernel of wheat can bear. He's talking about himself. He's saying, if I, unless I go into the ground, I'm only going to bear the fruit of one single person. I'm going to be the light that you guys can fellowship with, but you're still fellowshipping with the light of one single person. But if I get buried and resurrect again, then I'll come back in spiritual form and be in each and every one of you and I will bear much fruit. There'll there'll be hundreds and thousands of me to bear the fruit. That's what Jesus is saying. If I be lifted up on the cross, I'll draw them into myself. And unless I do this, I'm just one a, a one man show, a one man ministry. But I want to be a ministry that works through millions and even billions of people. This goes all the way back to Genesis about the the two seeds, the yes, two single seeds. Yes, it does. So here's the seed saying, "I have to die." Right. Be placed in the ground, then I can spring up and bear much fruit in resurrection form. Isn't that what it said in Galatians when, when he said he said to Father Abraham, "I will bless you with and a seed." Multiply your yeah. seed, and that seed was singular, not plural. It was Jesus. The passage says the seed was Jesus. Says that verbatim. Yes. So let me do verse 31. Okay. Okay. Jesus says, Now judgment is upon this world, this world system, this cosmos. Now the ruler of this world, that's the other seed, shall be cast out. And if I will be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he was to die. So what does that mean, Steve? It means that he was going to be hung on the cross. He would draw all humanity into himself, or we would all be placed in Christ Jesus. We would be baptized into Christ Jesus, and we would be buried with Christ Jesus through that baptism into his crucifixion, and we would all pay our sin debt and he would make each vessel prepared for him to be able to enter into and do his work through. He prepared us as vessels. Because you can't be condemned twice. You can't be condemned twice. Not to death. No. So God will see us as holy and blameless vessels ready to hold the spirit of Jesus. You know, there's some talk among the scholars and... uh I was excluded from those talks. They left me out too. But they say that if I be lifted up, I will draw, some say, it it just says all. It doesn't say judgment or men. Right. They include the word men. Yes. And some include the word judgment. Yeah. My opinion, which is tiny, says it doesn't really matter. Both work. Both work. Because all men were included and all judgment was definitely included. Yes, it was all paid for. He he took care of it. He took away the sin of the world. It's over and done with, a done deal. Remember, we read that in Hebrews chapter 2, about he tasted death for every person. 
on the planet. Yeah. To make us suitable vessels for his life. Right. He purified us. Yes. That's what happened in verse 24. That's why he was talking about No one knew this, so they're still in the dark. At that point, we can be in the light now. They couldn't even agree on what happened. They said, a, a voice said, I've glorified your name and I'll glorify it again. And some said, that sounded like, what, thunder? Some said. They were confused, Mon. <laughs> they didn't even know. So, I'm going to go to verse 34. The multitude answered, we have heard from the law that the Christ must is to remain forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? They didn't get it, obviously. No. Verse 35. Therefore Jesus said, for a little while longer, the light is among you. You know, when I said they didn't get it, I should say they were still in the dark. Yeah, yeah. It, it's suitable. Yes, it is. So verse 35 again. Jesus said to them, for a little while longer... The light is among you. He said who the light is already, right? I, one singular person, am among you. The light. The light. Walk while you have the light that the darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light in order that you might become children of light. These things Jesus spoke, and he departed and hid himself from them. Well, he wasn't kidding about a little while, was he? The light was with you. Well, it wasn't there long, was he? <laughs> yes. Kept his words. But he said, I, as a singular person, am going to be your light for just a little while. Then I'm going to be hung on the cross. I'm going to pay all your sin debts and make you purified vessels for God to put me back in each and every one of you, and I'm going to come back and be placed in 3,000 people on the very first day, which is the born-again experience, but then all 3,000 people will have the light of life in them, and the light of life living in them will do for them what they can't do for themselves. That's why in John chapter 1, it says, and I'll let you read it, starting in John chapter 1, verse... which you go to 4, and then I'll skip on down? Yeah. Okay. Speaking of Jesus, in him was life, and that life was the light of men. This light, this is Jesus, he came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even though to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but by the will of God. Amen. Amen. So he's saying j just what it was saying in... John chapter 12, you're not receiving me, but but if you did receive me, you've got the right, right. to be the child of light. And exactly what John, he's saying. John chapter 1, he says the child of God. They're both the exact same thing. And this one says that those who believed in him became 
children of God. That's how you get born again. You believe in Jesus and you receive the spirit of Jesus and you're born from above. And now you've got a divine life and your human nature, the one that your parents gave you. Yes. And so that's what it means when he said to guard this new life. Right, right. You're not guarding the life that your parents gave you or the intellectual prowls of what your parents gave you. You're guarding by his spirit the spiritual life that is in you. Which is called the light of his life. The light of his life. It's called many things. It's called Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's called your life in Christ Jesus. And on and on and on the synonyms go. But in John chapter 12, the verse that we're looking at is one more of the synonyms for the entity that is born of God. Yes. The light of God. The light of God. That's why, and we'll have to go over this because in the beginning, when we look in the Old Testament, it's prophesied that Jesus will be a light to the nation of Israel. And it's spoken about several times, but a couple times it says it's too small a thing for you to just be the light to Israel. I'm going to make you the light to the nations, to the entire earth. And we should wow. maybe look at some of these verses that... That makes sense now, Steve. Yes. That he's saying, "I, you have my light, nation of Israel, right now, but you only have it for a little while longer because I've got bigger Plans. agendas than yes. this. Yes. I'm going to not just be a light to Israel, but a light for the whole oh. cosmos. For the whole world. Yes, amen, Bill. Amen. So let me just let the Bible say it a little better than I just said it. Oh, okay. So I'm in Isaiah 49, 6, and it says, It is, speaking of the light, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved one of Israel. I will also make you a light of the nations, so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And let me go to Acts, I think it's 1347? Yes, sir. I love this one. Acts 1347, For thus the Lord has commanded us, I have placed you as a light for the Gentiles, that you should bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to the eternal life believed, just like you were saying in John chapter 1. And the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region, multiplying. Yeah, utterly amazing, utterly amazing, because you've got to get a load. What it didn't say in Acts, it didn't point out the fact that it was the Apostle Paul telling them that I no. will be a light to the to the world, but he's taking the prophecy of Isaiah that was prophesied about Jesus would be the light of the world, and he's actually explaining that Jesus is in me becoming the light to the whole world, 
in spreading the gospel to the whole world. He's doing it through the apostles. And now, 20 centuries later, he's doing it through millions and millions and millions of people. But just like he said, unless a kernel be planted in the ground, it will only bear one kernel's worth of fruit. But if it is planted, it will bear much fruit. And now Jesus is bearing much fruit, probably a hundred million or billion times as much as Jesus could singularly bear. Because the goal is, it says in John 1, 9, to the light that lights every person coming into the world. Yes. Amen. Say that again, Bill. That was cool. The goal is that he's the light that lights everyone coming into the world. Well, he can only do that through his the multiplication of his spirit and people. Right. Now he's doing it exponentially. I got one more to read in Matthew five fourteen. Cool, if you don't mind. And this is in Matthew five fourteen. Jesus is on a mountain and he's given a sermon to his disciples, and it's called the Sermon on the Mount. I wonder why. So he tells his disciples, you are the light of the world. Well, wait a minute, Steve. Why is he telling you them they're the light, light of, the of the world? I thought he was the light of the world. Exactly. Amen, brother. He says, you are the light of the world. As cities set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do men light a lamp and put it under a bushel, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Amen. 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 What a plan. What a plan. And it was all there in John 12. So can God you was talking that? about it in Genesis 1. <laughs> it was the plan before yeah. the ages even Let began. Let light shine out of darkness, God said in Genesis 1. Gave us that picture. Yes. And it was pointing to the light of his life shining in our darkened hearts to give us the knowledge of the glory of the supremacy of God in the face of Christ. That's what it says when he says, I will draw all men to myself. It's the same word pros, which means towards or face to face. That's the face to face fellowship that the Father, Son, and the Spirit have, and we're a part of it. And we can have face to face fellowship with God, where two or three are gathered. I'm there in your midst because He's in each and every one of the people who are gathered together, and He can talk and listen through you, and you can experience Him when you're fellowshipping. And I'm telling you, when you're fellowshipping, He and he is manifesting itself. It is sweet, sweet fellowship. You're salt and light. Amen. Amen. A preservative and a giver of life. And a giver of life. Through your words. Your yeah. words are spirit and life. Your his word. words were spirit and life, so they're his words. So your words are spirit and life. That's why he said, if you keep my words... And he said in John 17, Father, give them my words. Give them my words. Cause them to carry my words throughout the centuries and express my words because I'll be in them doing it for myself. 
they'll just be getting credit for having my words. So we're bearing much fruit as children of light. Yes. It reminds me of the, the branches and the vine in John 15, where it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch that doesn't bear fruit, he lifts up, not to beat up the vine. I had a little experience in, in grape growing, Steve. I don't know if you knew this. No, I did not. Now, my grandfather had a project, and he wanted he planted some grape seeds, and we tried to grow grapes. It's not easy to do. Really? It's not, You know how it says that he lifts up the vine? Yes. You know why you have to? Have you ever seen how thin that little vine is? Yeah. It, it doesn't hold up. Well, it needs a vine dresser. Yes. It needs Father God to be the vine dresser to get it to bear fruit, and he does. And the, the great thing about it, I'm the vine, you are the branches. I know we, we use this verse a lot, but if you remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. You'll bring much light, you could say. You'll bear much fruit. That's what he said on the cross. If I be lifted up, I'll bear much fruit. I'm sorry, if I be lifted up, fall to the ground and die, and am resurrected, I'll bear much fruit. We are that vine. We are the branches on the vine. Our Father is His Father, and He's the one placing us where we get the light mm. so that we bear good grapes. Exactly. We're not out there bearing moonshine. No. <laughs> no. We're bearing good you remember it says in the Proverbs a bunch of times, uh, wine makes the heart glad, yeah. Proverbs. It's a, it's a metaphor for the fruit of the vine, the grapes that make it. They make It's a synonym for the spirit. Yes. It, it's what it's talking about in do not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the spirit. It's the same thing. There's this life that comes out of us that makes our heart glad, and it makes the people around us, it makes their heart glad. It edifies. It's the wine of the new covenant. Yes. And it needs a new wine, wine skin, skin to bear that wine. All those things are picturing. Because it's spirit wine. See how it all ties together, Steve? It does. It creates these pictures for us to know that Christ has been placed in us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. So to answer the question, what is a child of the light? You want to go ahead and try and answer it now yes. since we've got all these. Yes. Yes. The child of the light is the thing that is born in us when we were born again. That's why Paul could say, I'm in the pains of childbirth till Christ is formed in you. The child of the light is none other than Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is your light and he is your life to experience him in John 14, I believe it says, to experience him is eternal life. Is that 14 or 17? That's 17. Yeah, I'm sorry. Maybe verse 3. Right. To experience God is eternal life. It was saying if you love your natural life, you'll lose it. But if you don't depend on your natural life, you will reap eternal life, well, it's saying you will reap the prize, which is experiencing God. You That's what it says. You will get to experience God. Each time you do not depend on your human nature to get the job done, 
you've got a chance of experiencing God. And that is the coolest thing that there is. There's nothing more valuable than experiencing God when he chooses to work through you. This is what I personally am addicted to. It's what I long for all day long. Lord, just use me, just use me, just use me. Because when I'm experiencing God, I'm experiencing the kingdom of heaven on earth. I'm experiencing heaven on earth. The kingdom is not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans fourteen seventeen. It's the abundant life. The abundant life. I came to, you may have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is the life. I came that you may have me and have me more abundantly. Because it's awesome to have Jesus manifesting himself through you. That's what it means to live by grace. Amen, Steve. That's why Paul can say, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And this grace was not in vain towards me because I labored harder than all the rest. But it wasn't me laboring. It was the, the grace, grace of God, God in me. Bearing fruit. Yes, the spirit of God in me. Bearing fruit. The bearing spirit fruit in every good work. In every good work. Amen. I like being a child of the light. Amen. It's changed my life for the better. Boy, was I on a bad path be before I received Christ. I've heard. self just <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you didn't have to amen it that much. <laughs> no, but it was, it was a wrong path. It was a wrong turn I was on. They used to let you out of jail early, not because you were a good behavior, just to get, get, get rid of me. Yeah. yeah. I'm kidding. No, it's awesome to produce that life. It's yes, it awesome is. to live in the faithfulness of Christ and depend on the faithfulness of Christ and the life of Him. It's awesome to, to receive the compliments that you get when Jesus is manifesting Himself through you. I, I never even dreamed I could get a compliment from somebody that I was fellowshipping with, but since I gave my life to Christ and quit trying to live the Christian life myself, I actually get compliments from people. And there's no shame in thanking people for those compliments. No. Because you're not taking credit for them. No, you're saying, hey, this belongs to Christ. That's exactly what Paul and Peter and them said in the book of Acts. It's not by our piety that you see this man healed, but it was... God glorifying his son in us. And it was the faithfulness of Christ in us that healed this person that was healed in the book of Acts. I like the way the psalmist says the crucible is the test for silver and the furnace is the test for gold. But the praise of men, praising of God by men, is the test of faith. Oh man, that is too cool. That's that how you can cool. tell when you're resting in the faithfulness of Christ, abiding in the vine, you're always giving praise to the one who supplied it. Yes. With that said, I think we answered the question. 
I think we did. If not, we'll, we'll try go it at again. it again next next podcast. But is there anything you'd like to add, Steve, on what's going on? I know a lot's going on lately, and I butchered it last week. I was so nervous that whole podcast by myself. (laughs) (laughs) No, things are going well. I probably couldn't give you an accurate picture of what's going on if I tried anyway. Yeah, I still think things are going really well, and I think the ministry is going to continue to blossom it's because of your support and the comments that we get that you actually enjoy the podcast we do and i think we got some guard dog cards to distribute yes we will we will don't think we forgot no all that is in the works bill and i have a lot of work to do and by god's grace we'll get it done and in his time we'll get it done, but there's plenty to do. We're going to build a ministry, a worldwide ministry, and set people free from the chains of legalism. Amen. And the chains of condemnation. So with that in mind, do you want to close us in prayer? Only if you don't. Yeah, I'll let you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father God. You truly are the bind. We are the branches. Teach us to remain in you, abide in you, so that we can bear much fruit. Thank you that you are the light of the world. Thank you for your promise that if we just follow your sayings, what you are teaching us about abiding and remaining in you, we'll never walk in darkness but have the light of your life. Remind us of these things. Teach us these things and solidify these things in our heart. We ask you to do it in your power and authority and your grace, especially by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. We love you.